unders, down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri, Art of War, down under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 144 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. 12 times 12 is where we're at. Who would have freaking thunk it? And we are skipping ahead by one book in our Codec Retrospective choo-choo train towards the end of the edition. I'm trying to pack in as much cringe as I can because it's time for the Chaos Demons, and I'm joined by Mr. Matt Morricelli, one of my favorite gents from Down Under, and pretty much the demon king of australia i don't know i'm I'm coining names left right and center every episode but welcome to the show again mate your perennial guest here welcome back it's been a while though hey man yeah has uh not sure what the last one we did i think the last one we did was maybe even one of the chaos demon release episodes which is going back uh nine-ish months now it's going back a long way it is like this it's actually longer than that isn't it it might be i don't know whenever it came out someone can go look that up and tell me how wrong i am Exactly right. Someone go look it up. Figure it out. We've just done the two uh, chaos. Sorry, the knights and the imperial knight um, factions. The most recent ones. The next one in the line would have been chaos space marines, but I'm skipping that because me and Matt's psych- like a uh, rotation of crazy ass work that we both do podcasting or stuff just lined up perfectly plum. So we're jumping straight in. Plus, I've got Dean Sinbeck, I think coming on for the chaos space marine review, and he's too he's up to his eyeballs in uh, ATC Prep Australian Team Championship Prep, which is coming up this next weekend. So that'll be next week or the week after, depending if I want to slot in like a stats episode or some other crazy crap in the rotation. But, uh, man, it doesn't seem like that long ago in like in, in my soul when the Chaos Demon book came out. That's, but that's only because like there was only three codexes ago, yeah? Something like that. It was actually nine months. I went and looked it up because it was going to annoy me if I didn't uh, <laughs> actually go. Came out in September. Um, September so, there you go. Yeah. So and, I think, um, yeah, I, I think it was right before, um, you know, right before the LVO meta or not right before, but, you know, sort of in that lead up to yeah. the LVO meta, those last couple of months of the year. Um, so it kind of doesn't feel that old because of that, I think. Exactly right. And uh, am, am I right? If you're looking at it right now, it, has it only been the the guard and the, the oh, no, it's been Votan as well. It's Votan, uh, then guard, then world leaders is going to be. The only ones after Chaos Demons, I believe. That's right, because I've got the list up that tells me when everything <laughs> hey, came out. So, uh, you, you, you are correct, and you're correct in that order as well. Well done. I, I look at that thing like once a week, trying to figure out where the hell I'm at, trying to get this thing done uh, recently. But anyway, I don't want to done as a two-part podcast. Primarily, we are here to review new content, and I'm trying to get all the retrospectives done because before we're absolutely annihilated in a deluge of indexes, which could be coming, I assume, in about six weeks' time. And when that happens, oh my lord, is it going to be insane on this show i may do double episodes i may do two freaking indexes you know double releases crazy crap like that but if you want to decide on the order upon which i review indexes you should get into that patreon shouldn't you just go to art of war down under over on patreon slap it down because that's where you're going to be able to decide which ones i review and in what order because it could be i mean how many how many books did we get last time we got um space marines imperium imperium two imperium indexes two chaos indexes Chaos Space Marine. In- no, I'm not sure there was a Chaos Space Marine index. I no, it was were- one one Chaos. There were two Xenos ones, I think. Yeah, there was one for like all the all the the Eldar. Then there was another Xenos Xenos two for all like you know the Orcs Tower Nids, I believe. Yeah, so I think we had five, right? I think we had Chaos Imperial. I think Space Marines were separate. Yep. 
uh, and then the two Xenos indexes. That seems right. I, th- I think that's right. I don't know. Again, oh, ma- maybe I need to consult the uh, the good old Google and find out how many 40K <laughs> indexes came out. Um, but uh, something like that, man. Yeah, it's going to be, there is going to be a lot. There is going to be an absolute crazy amount of index reviews to do. Um, actually, I just found it. Uh, there was only one Chaos, there was two Imperium and two Xeno. So there was five indexes last time we did this. Um, so, yeah, we can expect at least that many. And, hell, we've had Votan added to the mix. We haven't had any other factions added in Knights Edition, have we? Uh, no, no, we haven't. Nah, that's fair. We may. Who knows? We may have another one added. There's rumours abounding there's another Xeno's faction to come out in 10th Edition. But, hey, we will divulge from the rumour mill because we have a pretty interesting codex to review while well, retrospectively. For those who don't know how we do this, you know, six months, nine months, one year after a codex gets released on this show, we usually have a look back at it to evaluate how it's held up, was our impressions of it when it first came out, the truth of the book, and um, has, it, uh, has it evolved over the changes? You know, we've seen a lot. I mean, just look at Necrons from where, what was released in that book and what people are playing with now is so different. And so that's one of the reasons we do this retrospective, to check back in with the faction after a couple of iterations, a couple of chapter approves, balance status slates, et cetera. Now, Chaos Demons, mate. Oh, sorry, sorry. Before we get there, Matt, you do some stuff. You do some things. Plug your stuff. Plug yourself. Oh, I do stuff and things. Mate, I, I, I do more of like more of other people's podcasts than my own these days. So uh, I, I co-host Art of War Unbroken with uh, the lovely Blake Law. You can find that with all the other Art of War podcasts as well over through, I don't know, they don't tell me where to find this stuff. I just go on the show, to be honest. But it's a good podcast. And if you like the you know, the stuff I have to say, um, you'll probably like that too. And if you don't like the stuff I have to say, well, I don't want to hear about it. Um, because, uh, I'm great. Uh, so I do that. I do, uh, I, do, I do a little bit of coaching for the Art of War as well. So if you're interested in learning how to get better at 40K, learning how to play mostly Chaos Factions, um, or you really just want someone to sort of you know have a chat with and sort of try and understand how uh, some of the better players think, uh, I'm one of you guys for that. Um, outside of that, uh, I'm a player for Team Australia, so you can find us at uh, Team Australia Warhammer 40K on Facebook. And I do other stuff, but that's like that's the most exciting that's, stuff. Yeah, the rest of the, the most- stuff's pretty boring. Fair enough. Well, all right. If you are following along with us at home, you have your Curse Demon Codex in hand. You can go to page fifty-six. We're going to start our retrospective review here. There. First up on here was a, there's a couple of very unique and very interesting things that are here that aren't that aren't really in any other book anywhere. We've got malefic weapons, and we've got demonic invulnerability. These are two of the big things that were in this book that you really can't see anywhere else. You want to give us the the download and how these work and have these been good for the Chaos Demon players. Yeah, so I, I think the malefic weapon rule like caused a bunch of stir when people saw how it was going to work when it was previewed, and it kind of just doesn't matter. So essentially, they're like you know, like things like you know when you play uh, a space marine army and you have a chainsword, the thunder hammer, the chainsword lets you make an extra attack. They work kind of in the same way, except the stats and damage and hit and wound modifiers. I just don't apply to those weapons. So, you know, what will commonly happen is like your fiends will charge in and they'll slap you with their two damage attacks and they've got this tail that's like one single attack that's AP3, three damage, and you can't modify the AP3. So things like Armor of Contempt when it was in the game didn't modify that. And also things with like minus one damage didn't modify that. The real, like the the reality is it just doesn't matter. It's just more attacks and it's actually (laughs) a pretty concise way of saying you can only make X number of attacks with this weapon rather than making all of the attacks with this weapon. Correct. Um, I kind of think it was just like a bit overcomplicated. It, it it almost never matters. I can't think of any competitive builds that really ever took advantage of that 
you know, that rule other than fiends kind of a little bit now, but even then, you know, that was only really relevant when armor of contempt was a thing. So it's a cool rule. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it doesn't really do a whole lot. I agree. Um, demonic invulnerability though, on the other hand, uh, it does um, have some really weird interactions. So basically the, uh, you know, as, as everyone will know by this point, um, demons have different saves from melee and from shooting. Uh, and basically these saves can never be modified by AP. Uh, or cover, or any other you know, mechanism except for the Demon Slayer Wall of Traded in Grey Knights books. So yeah, yeah, if you yeah. have a Demon Save of 3 plus from shooting and 5 plus in combat, I don't care if your weapon is AP6, I've got a 3 plus save from shooting. That's exactly right. So really interesting that they put that in there. I mean, I, I assume the days when you and I used to play in, what, 6th and 7th edition when an involved save was, was nigh on sacrosanct. Um, and that's just not the case anymore. Like involved saves have really lost their luster. So them, them adding back everything that demon that like involved in saves used to be just exclusively for demons, I thought was a really nice touch. I personally think it's one of the best things in the book. Yeah, I, I actually think it's really good. And again, I'm people can say I'm biased or whatever because I play the faction. Uh, but man, how obnoxious was it when you used to have units of thirty pink horrors that were surging for a three plus involved save yep. in combat? Uh, absolutely hor- horrendous like i'm so glad we don't have that in the game so uh, it just gives you an incentive to build mixed damage right to build mm-hmm. shooting and combat into your list exactly right um so on the whole i think the data sheet abilities is one of the strong uh, unlike many 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 other books this is one of the strongest por- por- portions of this book there's manifestation in here as well and of course de- demonic terror and the warp storm table which we're about to talk about now so this is your is this this is like the, the, the the mono faction bonus, yeah? They just put it at the start of the codex rather than at the end of the codex rules like everybody yeah. else's? Yeah, so the, the mono faction bonus is manifestation, so it's all the warp, oh, uh, okay. the deep strike shenanigans as well as yep. warp storm. So um, you don't get any of these rules. The minus one leadership, I believe, does apply. I, actually, I don't even know because I don't play mixed demons. I believe the minus one leadership does work um, in mixed demons, but I could be wrong. I've literally never played it, so I'm I'm completely speaking out of my ass here. Um, but that's basically just an aura that gives units uh, within range of a demon unit minus one uh, leadership and combat attrition. Um, <laughs> Manifestation's the the most powerful part of this book, and it's probably what makes the demon book so interesting. I think, uh, and this basically is the rule that allows you to deep strike within three inches of enemy units in your <laughs> deployment zone and within a leadership distance uh, in no man's land. You don't get this when you mix the demons either, so there's none of that, you know, sort of shenanigans you know, with you know, putting a bloodthirster in a world eaters army and you know bringing it in, popping off five inches away from something. But this is probably what makes demons, you know, the uh, the most interesting kind of army that's like a deep strike shoot, deep strike charge army uh, yeah. that we've had in for a very long time. Well, they feel a lot more like 8th edition GSC than they do demons almost from, from years gone by. But this is a wrinkle that I think they needed to have to compete in the game as it is in ninth edition. Yeah, I, I think definitely on release it was more like that with flamers that just deep strike and shoot. That was <sighs> very much yeah. what the old the yeah. old gene still lists like to do. And look, now that that build has been pretty significantly nerfed, uh, you're probably you know, you're probably pretty close to right there, man. It's, it plays a lot like that, you know, that late uh, eighth ed, you know, GSC sort of army would have played. Um, so yeah, jumping down, I think manif- you're absolutely spot on. Manifestation has been one of the key tenants, and like I said. 
the detachment abilities for some reason, unlike every other book in the game, this is like probably the best like two pages in this book. But moving down to the warp storm. So at the start of every battle round, you will roll a dice for every four plus that you roll, you will get a fate dice. Then you can add a couple through other different means, you know, saving them from previous battle rounds, etc. And then you can expend them for different buffs. We're going to start on the undivided tree and go through each of these. All right. So the undivided warp storm. Are any of these good? If so, which ones are good? And then overall, is it good? Yeah, so you'll literally never see any of the other ones now unless you're one of the weird people who think the Mono Zench build is somehow not terrible. Um, <laughs> but the only one that the only one that actually gets play now is the the undivided one. Yeah, uh, it did change. You know, in before Arcs of Omen came out, you used to be able to take like a patrol of corn demons or Sledesh demons mm-hmm. or Zench demons or whatever you wanted and get that warp storm that way. Uh, but now. You know, given the, you know, essentially, you know, innate brokenness of things like Demonets and Scarbrand and the Face Cap Thurster, uh, everyone's playing Undivided. Mm. Um, so the Undivided Warp Storm tree is great. Um, all the utility stuff is in there. Uh, I guess all the flex, you know, stuff that's sort of more for individual playstyles uh, are in the, the God tree, so that's pretty good. Um, the real key ones here, uh, depending on the build that you're playing, are going to be the extra minus one leadership on yep. top of the existing demonic terror buff. So that's lets you move a unit out, give a unit minus two leadership, deep strike charge, deep strike shoot. Pretty obvious synergy there with how that's um, how that's useful. There's mm-hmm. also one to add three inches to your aura ranges, which does apply to demonic terror as well. Yep. So you can also, you know, essentially get more aura range if you somehow couldn't get your auras in range to reduce leadership. You can use it to do that. Um, I've also done an entire video on how Scarbrand. Uh, takes advantage of this rule um, that's over on the Art of War. Um, you know, again, if you're not a an Art of War subscriber, they do a couple of days free trial. You can go and check that out over there as well. Um, yeah, you Great like plug, top shelf. Yeah. good if, job. Yeah, if you like if you like that content, there's look. It, it's the end of the edition. I'm not going to say now is a great time to go and sign up for uh, the War Room, but I will say that I know it's plug. in the works for the next month. Uh, Ru- I know Ru- there's Ru- some Ru- great Ru- stuff plug. coming, but there is, and uh, yeah, oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm fair and reasonable. You're pragmatic. But there, I, I, I did an excellent video on Scarfrand and how he loves that uh, that rule. Um, in addition to that, there's a couple of other, I guess, more situational ones. The first one is the minus one to hit for everything in your army Descending if you're getting shot from outside of 12. Yeah. Um, excellent. Uh, it's a bit of a trap sometimes. A lot of times you really want to save those dice to do things that require more than, you know, just three. But mm-hmm. against things like Tower, against things like Guard, um, mm. you know, now the Finial doesn't uh, ignore hit modifiers. Very, very good. Um, uh, and then finally we've got uh, Reality Blinks, which is the five Warp Storm dice, uh, heal D3, uh, wounds to every model uh, that's wounded on the board, and heal yep. D3 infantry models. Um, again, I've also done a video on pink horrors and how they take advantage of this rule uh, in, you know, in particular really, really well. Um, there's a lot of cool things you can do with, you know, killing models off of an objective and mm. healing in the morale phase and getting back on the yeah. objective. There's things you can do with, like, your bloodthirst going down to seven wounds and healing it back to nine and all of a sudden it can't be killed in one phase anymore. There's yep. a lot of, like, synergy there that's not super obvious either uh, but is, you know, is very powerful. I absolutely agree. I think this is the bread and butter of the Warpstorm tree. And like you said, the vast overwhelming majority of armies are only going to be using this one. So, it, yeah, it so make also, it- we'll, yeah, we'll also just mention the ignore charge modifiers is very good into things like Chaos Knights. Uh, you can just oh, yeah. not take dread tests for yes. charges as well. But again, some good. of this stuff is very, like, very situational. Or into Tower. Like, I've seen a lot of Tower players post up crisis suits on the other side of Forest and just be like, lol, neg four. And you're like, ah, sucks to be you. Slap down your Warpstorm. Get yeah. in with the eight king. Go for it. Um, all right. So that's it. 
the corn table. So there's only three each, which I, upon initial review, I thought was pretty weak to only have three for each god. And it really is one of the reasons that you don't bother going mono because uh, there's not enough incentive. Um, there just really isn't. But as for the three corn ones, give us your impressions, mate. Well, look, I paid two CP for a corn detachment at LVO that I didn't need to take just to have access <laughs> to the corn warp storm. So I think it's pretty good. I think it's, uh, good. I think it's I think it's terrible because you have to take monocorn right now, but I think mm-hmm. if you didn't have to take monocorn, uh, it's an incredible tree. So um, essentially the ones that matter here, like that, uh, they've all got ones that do models based on a condition. They're not very good. So we're, I'm just going to ignore those four as we go through here. Um, but corn <laughs> has plus one attack for all of corn, all the corn models on the board. That's pretty um, this does mean with Scarbrand, you can get a unit of blood letters up to 41 attacks. Um Incredibly good, like literally doubling the damage output is mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, so that's really good. And then there is the four plus no fallback, uh, which so is huge. Again, incredibly, incredibly good. Um, you probably see now why I paid two CP to have this in my army at LVO mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's incredibly strong. The corn one is by far the best um, mono faction warp storm. I agree with that one entirely. Even just the last one, just uh, overwhelming rage to no fallback is just such an activator, such a cool, I just win uh, the game. Yeah. Uh, because it's yeah. not one, it's anything, anytime they try and fall back from you that turn. So you can, you can line this up to have tapped four or five things and knowing that That's any, correct. any one or two of these results in a game win. So it's, um, it's huge. Yeah, uh, and I do think it's the best. All right, onto the Nurgle ones. I have no idea what any of these do. I have yet to see anybody using the Nurgle Warp Storm tree. If you have, slap it down in the comments. Kudos to you, but you should also know better. These are terrible. Yeah, these are FTR. <laughs> is there any anything redeeming about these three? No. <laughs> uh, sh- uh, so f- let's go. Okay, so you have two. Is it? Uh, which one's plus one attack? So there's four warp storm Adam, over here. Adam, oh, Adam, okay. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know what these do. <laughs> no one does. I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> anyway, moving on. They didn't do anything. Uh, the Zinch ones. The, the, anything here? Yeah. So look, the, the Zench ones are passable in a mono Zench army. I just don't think the mono Zench army is particularly good. Uh, the main one that you you know you you would consider is the plus one to hit for everything in the army. This does mean if you're running multiple units of flamers, you can hit on twos uh, and reroll ones with a Lord of Change. This does give you pretty good, like close to original flamers when you're shooting. Not quite an Overwatch, obviously, because you're going to hit on sixes. Yeah. Um, but this does mean you can have pretty good shooting across a, a bunch of you know staffs of change on heralds mm. and things like that, uh, as well as flamers. So that's definitely possible. Um, there's also the uh, the plus to cast, which again yeah. is okay if you're running a bunch of smites. The really big problem that you run into uh, is that there are only two offensive powers on the tree um, for yep. Zench, uh, which means you run out of powers to cast. So if there were four offensive powers, you might run three casters and mm-hmm. they all get plus to cast. Yeah. And then it's like pretty valuable. But you just run out of casters. Like if you have a lot of change, which the Mono Zench army will almost always have, that guy's already pumping out all of these mortals. You don't need more pluses to cast on mm. boon on you know flickering flames and stuff like that so i tend to think the plus to the plus to hit's pretty good you know if you're going to play that yeah. army but uh but you know again the, it, it's very situational again you have to run mono zench and at least these do complements they know, do what you want to do if you're playing well. mono zench whereas the uh the very nice two warps of charge uh for plague of rust plus one ap against vehicles for nurgle units in combat just yeah, boy. 
All right, uh, I'll, I'll do this cool. mystery. Uh, these are these are genuinely not bad. Which one? Uh, uh, most of these are actually not too bad. They're fairly similar yeah, to the Zinch yeah. ones on power, but nothing is as good as the you can't fall back, right? So, so here's the problem, right? The the issue is that you're going to have four dice on average per turn. Yeah, and the army has core mechanics where you need things like negative leadership uh, or negative to hit or the heal, mm. which means you very rarely, even if you have these built into your army, have those dice left over to do things like this with, um, you know, outside of things like gaze of fate to save dice on turn one and kind yeah. of like roll that through the army. And we'll talk about that when we get to the Zench part of the codex. Um, but like you, you just rarely have the luxury of extra dice just to do this. That's true. So that's, true. that's kind of the problem with this is like you kind mm. of get to do one or two things a turn. Yeah. I really like Dark Hallucinations for two Warp, star- warp Storms. It's uh, anytime someone tries to perform an action within 12 of any of your units, they have to make a leadership test on 2d6. And if it's yep. greater, they take d3 mortals and the action fails. I just think that's yeah. Sick. It's great until you realize I can just walk out of the range. It's true. It's true. The, the onus is on me, the Slanesh player, to make that good. But I, I, yeah. I, I like what it says on top. But like I said, none of these are fantastic. Literally, there is one no. amazing one out of all of these trees. Yeah, and look, to, realistically, with the Fleshhound point drop, if you didn't have to be monocorn, there would be a very big argument to taking a bunch of Fleshhounds in the plus one attack with Scarbrand would be quite good. Mm. Uh, but... Yeah, as it stands, we're not living in a fantasy. We can't just make up rules, so they <laughs> all suck. Out, right? <laughs> they all suck, and none of them. Yeah, none of them are really worth the squeeze. Um, all right, moving down to the a, a, now we're going to get to the port portion of this review, which is essentially just four mini codexes. We're going to do four little mini reviews because there's one little mini dex for each of the gods. First up, we have the corn book. All right, the exalted abilities. Give us the TLDR here, man. What's good? What's bad? And is it a good thing? Phase cap is good. Um, yeah. Phase cap is so good that it now costs 50 points and, and it's, it's still, still very good. Still ubiquitous, uh, yeah. Yeah, so th- there's only a couple of exalted abilities across all of the greater demons that are really worth considering, uh, and this is the best one. So um, you know, the phase cap on the Bloodthirster, yeah, just like I, I put it to you that someone could go on like the Goonhammer thing where they talk about all the lists that Protean places and find every demon list, and I would say that every Bloodthirster in those demon lists has this upgrade. I agree. I, I would, I, I would yeah, absolutely agree. That there would be anyone who'd run it without that. Is there anything even close to a second place, or are we just talking third place, fourth place? I don't think if you were going to run a second one, you would run the double wounds. Double wounds, um, yeah. Like double wounds for thing. I remember Jack ran it once and he just said, well, that was effing awful when he was done. Um, <laughs> and we stopped talking about it. So that that's, was pretty cool. That's totally fair. Anyway, I think the this is the best exalted ability. It's so interesting that Korn got the best of the Warp Storm and has the best exalted ability. Like it's not even close. Um, yeah, well, no, the second wild. place exalted ability is very close, but um, this is, oh, is that still the, that the Lord of Change. We'll, we'll, um, we'll get to correct. it. We'll get to yes, it. yeah, we'll get to it. All right, up to the strats. Any goodness here? Um, not really. Uh, I think mm. the best one is probably the deny. So the corn deny is the same as the cast space marines corn deny. It's the same as. Almost everyone, it's just a four-up deny from any corn unit, with the caveat that if it's a unit of flesh hounds within 12, you get it on the three plus. So on some tables, especially WTC tables, there are places you can put flesh hounds within six of the center, which means mm-hmm. if your opponent wants to warp ritual, they also have to be within six of the center. Ergo, you're within 12 of the psyker and you get a three plus deny. 
pretty, pretty good. cool. And pretty um, good. Well, f- that is probably the best strat. It's funny Sorry. you say that aren't that good because I, I see Batter of Blood and Frenetic Bloodlust used most games. Uh, yeah, so Frenetic Bloodlust is great, except that everyone uh, who majorly FAQs things, so WTC and FLG, basically say it doesn't work. Ah, uh, yeah, that's um, true. Because yep. you, you, yeah, you need to be able to see a unit to use it. If you can see a unit with blood letters, normally they can see they, you, which means they're, they're shooting you, which means mm-hmm. you don't have blood letters anymore. Yeah, um, that's fair. So it was busted when Tio's told me that I was allowed to move towards the closest non-visible thing if I couldn't see anything, uh, and then everyone probably rightfully so, decided to FAQ that to say that sort of thing. Um, I'd so, Frenetic Bloodlust is pretty average. Man, I would love old devout pushback. Can I? <laughs> yeah. Can I well, it's yeah, 2CP, right? I was, I was paying is. for I, it. I, I would pay um, 2CP for old devout push. But anyway, Banner of Blood's also sick, but fair. Banner of Blood's great, except the blood letters are just pretty awful right now. Again, mm-hmm. they were really good in the meta um, pre arcs of Omen. Uh, they were yeah. very good back then. But blood letters are just not really in the meta anymore. They're just... They're just not as good as Demonets, and we'll get to Demonets as well, and we're going to talk about why they're my favourite thing in the book. Exactly. Um, but they're just not really in the meta. Like, if you run Bloodletters, then Banner of Blood is a great stratagem, and you will use it every single time you deep strike your Bloodletters. Fair. All right, Corn Warlord traits as Brazen Hide, and I don't know any of the others. Yeah, so the worst thing about the Demon book is that you only get one Warlord trait. Correct. Um, so... There are two that are viable, I believe, from Corn. Uh, Brazen Hide is the uh, the five plus filler pain. The other one is Unstoppable Onslaught. So that is the ignore face cap, ignore filler pain, etc. Um, both are you know viable, and you can run them on a bloodthirster. Um, everything else is not really viable. Which one's Unstoppable Onslaught? There's nothing. Oh, it's devastating oh no, sorry. Blow. Devastating. That's De- right. Yeah. Sorry, on some, so on some the the face cap. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, it's devastating blow. Sorry. Right. Uh, yeah, you're I absolutely right. Forgot um, what things are called. Yeah, but yeah, and even like it's, <laughs> we're going to pontificate maybe in part two about why in every codex, especially this codex, when you can have legitimately like multiple greater demons who should have warlord traits, um, that they don't. So, but yeah, that is literally why I know brazen hide of, and that is it. Um, yep. How about the relics, my man? Yeah, so again, um, there's only a couple that are really viable. The corn demon weapon, uh, Agarth, King it's, of Blades, like that. Oh, it sounds cringe saying that out loud. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just plus one damage. So all, all of the all of the demon weapons are just plus one damage and then additional effects. So the corn one is ignore hit and wound modifiers. Um, this is really good. It's been really mm. good through all of the main metas we've been in uh, while this book's been out. So it's been good through the Terminator meta. It's been good through, uh, you know, it, 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 all everything we've sort of been through, right? So that's that's the main one right there. Uh, look, there are others again, but there's just, you don't have a character. The, the actual issue is you don't have a character to put a Warlord trait on uh, other than that. So you have to have a Bloodthirster. Yeah. Um, essentially, it's probably going to want this. You can take um, the Blood Drinker Talisman. This was what I was running for a while. I was running the Philo Pain and the Blood Drinker Talisman, which is for every model you kill uh, yeah. or five plus you heal a wound back. Um, and that with the face cap with the Philo Pain was actually quite obnoxious. Um, but it's just not as good as, you know, ignoring <laughs> hit and wound modifiers yeah. and having yeah. three damage sweeps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're kind of the two that I think are playable. To, uh, yeah, I agree. So it's good to say that there's been two of every, like, there's two Waller traits and there's two good relics. That's actually quite yeah. nice to say. Uh, let's hope there's two good data sheets because that's up next. We have uh, what one, two, 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve data sheets for corn. That is way more than I thought. Uh, but I think it's like Adam, so we're okay. There's three good ones. <laughs> fair. Um, so Scarbrand, Thurster, and and a Flushhound, right? Absolutely right. So, so you don't you don't yeah. like skull cannons, is what I heard there. Well, Essentially, they're not good. <laughs> okay, so so here's the thing, right? I'm really sorry if you went out and bought skull cannons for your cast demon army. However, firstly, firstly, I'm sorry you have to own those models because they're terrible. But continue. Yeah, they are. So so he, here's the problem. If you're putting skull cannons in your army, it's because you want some shooting that you don't have anywhere else. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So if three skull cannons don't kill 10 guardsmen in the open, why bother having shooting at all? It's true. It's true. Why did they kill 10 guardsmen in the open? Well, because they're transhuman. Because they just don't. Run the math. Run the numbers. They don't. Also, they just don't hit enough. Uh, they, they don't average, hit 10 times. They average five, oh, yeah, they average five shots each because they're D3 plus three. Yeah. So three and a half average, hits. So, yeah, so three and a half hits. 10 guardsmen. Yeah, the last one, you know, could pay two CP and, and not run away, but uh, yeah, I get you. Yeah, but, but it doesn't achieve anything is my point, right? Like yeah. you're putting all this shooting in your army and it does nothing. That's fair. And welcome to the, the mind of Soli. Uh, and that's, you're not wrong. You're not, not wrong. Um, tell us about yeah, these no, two. Look, there's there's, there's a legitimate there. argument for one, right? There's a legitimate argument to put one in your backfield to shoot and stand on an objective. Well, I, I, but that's then, exactly my point because they're, they're only 90 points and – they can just sit on a backfield. They actually, they're hard to kill for other stupid 90 point dunces. Like they're not going to lose to the five scions that come in for a reserve for R and D next turn, that kind of thing. No, but the thing is, if they want to be shooting things, it means they're visible and then they get shot back and it's a soft target in the grand scheme of things. So in the scheme of the, your army. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't rate them. Fair. Well, tell us about the two you do rate and then any others that are sitting on the fringe or the, you know, a little, a little points tweak here or there could see some relevance. Yeah, so the way they've done heralds in this book is really interesting. You used to just buy a herald of corn, then you'd upgrade him with a chariot or a blood crusher or a disc. Or I guess corn heralds never had discs, but a mount of some sort. They've separated them all into different data sheets in this book. So we're just going to talk about the heralds like they're one thing, and then we'll talk yeah. about which variants of the heralds are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this situation, none of the variants of the corn heralds are good, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay, though, because the greater demons are great. Uh, they're great demons. It's all right. Awesome. It's, it's yeah. all right. It's all right. The greater demons make up for it. So the thing is that you don't want corn troops, um, and you know the Bloodthirster and Scarbrand don't have core, so the rerolls never apply to those characters, and the heralds themselves are too expensive to actually do anything. So... The heralds here aren't very good. The only one you can make an argument for is potentially Skulltaker. But again, you would need Bloodletters to make the Skulltaker viable and you don't want Bloodletters at the moment. So okay. at a point in time, there was a there was a list I was playing that had 20 Bloodletters and Skulltaker. And that was like, you know, that was kind of working, but he's just kind of too slow. So the heralds are bad. Um, sorry. That's, at the end of the edition, I'm allowed to... Make yeah. sweeping there's, you know, there's, statements. The heralds about. There's no point holding back with you know less That's than right. two months left. Who cares? Go nuts. However, the bloodthirster is a king, Chad. Um, yeah. so the bloodthirster is is incredible. <laughs> the fact you can deep strike a T8 four plus save guy with a feel no pain five six inches away from your opponent mm-hmm. uh, that can only take eight wounds a phase and get stuck in is incredible. Um, he's yep. really really good. Yep. He has fly. He moves quickly. He's hard to kill. Even armies that can theoretically kill him often don't kill him because four-plus saves are four-plus saves. Yep. Um, so he's great. Uh, the Bloodthirster, again, in almost every you know, high-performing competitive list, you know, 
There's some that don't have him, but sure. But like he's in lots of them, um, so he's great. My only uh, criticism, my, one, uh, my, my only criticism of, this, of the the bloodthirster is that I think he degrades a little bit too badly. I wish he degraded a little bit more gently. Like he shouldn't lose weapon skill and attacks as he degrades. I wish he I wish he got like less weapon skill but more attacks um, as he degraded. But yeah, mind. so the the demon weapon is very important here because degrading mm. thing on fours, then like getting minus one to hit, to hit feels dude. really bad. Or tra- into transhuman, but, it yeah. sucks. Yeah, so like that sort of stuff feels pretty average. Uh, but ignoring the modifiers makes up makes up for that pretty well. So like that's kind of like you're obviously seeing the theme here is like that's the package. The package mm. is the bloodthirster with face cap, with feel no pain, and with the demon weapon. Um, and for all those reasons, that's why that's like the best HQ in the book. Um, followed. Equally, if not outshone by uh, the big boy himself, Scarbrand. Um, excellent, excellent book. Uh, book, excellent data sheet. Um, <laughs> one of the best data sheets in the book. I would have Codex Scarbrand every day, mate. Codex Scarbrand would be great. You are a, star, um, a Scarbrand stan. It is known. Like, yeah, like I said, I did. A, I did a video on this guy <laughs> that's like forty minutes long, talking about all of the reasons why he is great. Mm. But the like the sort of the the cliff notes here are that. He brings a no fallback aura that is super reliable, that synergizes with demonic terror, that synergizes with uh, all of the warp storm. Yep. Uh, he gives plus one attack to everything in the army. Um, he makes everything fearless, but he also makes your opponent fearless. So that, that yep. means you can guarantee you trap things. Correct. He also ignores involves with the big swings, which is just a useful rule to have mm-hmm. when certain units have really good involve saves. It's just a really good rule to have. Um, and he has good sweeps as well. So basically, Scarbrand walks around trapping things in combat so your army can get across the board, yep. uh, while also being a force multiplier for your own army. Um, and between the Flesh Hounds, the Bloodthirster, and Scarbrand, you actually have like 66 auto hitting flamer shots. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty significant. It, uh, so he's exactly great. right. It is not nothing. Um, I actually really yeah. like it in the mirror. Just having all those little flamer shots here, there, and everywhere is really nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. So. Those two are by far the best HQs. Um, yep. We sort of spoke about Bloodletters earlier. They were okay at a point in time. They're just not really uh, not really great at the end of the edition. Um, you know, the thing is you want to deep strike charge Marines, but the Marines have mm. infiltrators. Um, so you're better off having stuff that moves fast and starts on the board. Yep. Uh, and Flesh Hounds have been dropped to 15 points with the um, the Dude. most recent, or the, the second most recent. For 15 points. They're, they're amazing, 15 points, man. I, I think they're phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, so a flesh hand is fifteen points. The bloodletter is thirteen. They're both two damage on the charge. The flesh hand is AP two, while the bloodletter is AP three. But the flesh hand has an extra attack, uh, and it moves twelve, and it has two wounds. Has two exactly so, right. It's those those yeah. three points are another it, just just another wound is enough to justify those points. Let alone the attacks and the movement. And yeah, yeah it's crazy. And they move fast, and they move block things, and they have a flamer. They're just they're very good. I, you know, I was playing them when they were eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, when they went to 15, I thought someone at GitHub just had lost the plot and I <laughs> immediately put 15 in every list that I play. Amazing. All right. So on the whole, do you think – I think Corn is the strongest monogod like baby book in this. Um, I, I do think it is close though with Zinch, but uh, on the whole, I think Corn gives you the best package uh, overall. Yeah, look, I think it's probably the only playable mono faction. Oh, look. I get. I guess I think, the Zinch list does get Zinch, more play. Yeah, I think Zinch is, is totally playable. Well, maybe in part two we're gonna get your real feelings on why you you, you can just rag on that Zinch mono Zinch list all you like. Yeah, 
I think the Corn Army can win games because it does all the no fallback shenanigans. It yeah. like force multiplies itself really well. Whereas the Zench Army kind of just shoots you. It's a stat check. Um, and does nothing it's, else. It's a stat check. Um, army, the Zench one. Yeah, but like overall, look, the Corn HQs and Flesh Hounds are very good. But yeah. that's that's the thing. We're playing Chaos Demons. We want to we want to blend a bit. You know, no mm. one's. You know, there's there's no racism here, man. I don't care if you're a corn guy or a zinch guy. You know, we're, we're we're all chaos children here. You know, I, I, I love everybody. So um, except noble, That's, yeah. <laughs> never heard of him. Um, <laughs> but overall, the corn book, very good, very good. Very good. Honestly, very like good. when when before pre arcs of omen blood letters were good, and at that point mm-hmm. it was pretty balanced. So I think Agreed. the corn section is very good. All right, jump again to the uh, Exalted Lords of Change in the Zinch book. Uh, this is the second best uh, Exalted ability, yeah? The minus one to wound? Yeah, so uh, obviously um, minus one to wound on a big monster is pretty pretty busted. Um, it's very good. I don't really know what else to say. It's just it's very good. Oh, wait, no, it's, uh, it it's, means it's minus things... one to hit. The, the Exalted ability is minus one to hit. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah. Um yeah, m- minus one to wound is uh, the warlord traits. So we'll, yeah. we'll get to that in a sec. The exalted ability you normally pair with that. The, the minus one to hit is actually not the good one. No. The exalted ability that you pair with that is master mutator. So that's exactly. the extra mortal wound on two plus say, uh, on a two plus. Yeah, so it pops off hard when the only phase where it does uh, significant. Da- it does okay damage in combat, surprisingly, but significant damage in the in the psychic phase. Uh, absolutely right, master mutator. Um, as for the strats, what are the go tos, and is it a good tree? I know all of two strats from Zinch, I think. Um, so one of the old go-tos was max shots for flamers if they were shooting a mm-hmm. unit of 11 or more models. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, it doesn't get used too much anymore because it is 2CP if a unit of flamers has more than four guys in it. So yep. doesn't really see much play anymore. Um, there is one for a unit of pink horrors that every time a caster within, I think it's like nine of the unit of pinks cast on a nine plus the power does immortal to the nearest visible thing. Um, again, kind of cool in the mono Zinch build, but not really great anywhere else. Um, and there's also a strat that when your horrors die on a six, they do a mortal wound to the thing that killed them in combat. Um, they're the only three that, oh, sorry. And, and there's, sorry, uh, I, I've just missed the only one that's actually good here. Magical bad. boon, yeah. Um, there's the, the cast an extra power exactly. as well, which is also yeah. uh, very good. Sorry, I just forgot that existed there, my bad. Um, uh, the other, the other all these I- average ones. Uh, then the other one of note is I have seen the warp portal used to some good jank effect, which is the one slash two CP yeah. essentially just kind of redeploy, re deep strike something. Um, it is pretty good, but it's, it's pretty niche. Yeah, so it was really good when the Lord of Change was yeah. like a really big thing. Look, it, there's still some uses for it uh, on like a Flux Master or a Fate Skimmer or something like that. Mm. The, the real issue is the armies that were vulnerable to that sort of thing were definitely sort of pre-arcs armies. There's a lot more screening, a lot more, like I said, things like yeah. infiltrators in the yep. game now, whereas I just find that like that strat isn't particularly useful. Sometimes late in the game, it's really cool that you just teleport to the middle of the board and you do your last warp ritual and that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but it was definitely much more of a thing when the Lord of Change was busted. I think I played several games at LVO where I would just like turn one, two CP, the Lord of Change onto an objective and just say, good luck killing him. Yeah. Um, so definitely was better um, pre-arcs, but it's like, it's still, you know, it's still mm. okay now. All right. Onto the pandemonic discipline. So this is the psychic discipline for Zinch and there will be one for each of the next uh, two gods after this. This is an interesting tree, but I found I'm, I've never been in love with, with the casting values. They, they just seem one pip too high on all, every front. There's only one that's a six. Everything else is a seven or more to cast. 
Yeah. So when we get to the um, when we get to the characters, this is probably what we'll talk about a little bit as well. But realistically, what this is is a psychic discipline where all the powers are quite good, mm-hmm. but you need a Lord of Change or Fate Weaver or a Fate Skimmer with the Horror Retinue for plus one to cast to actually to reliably get reliably. these powers, which off. pisses but- me off because you are the psychic. God, and really, you only are good at psychic. So they should, every, yeah. everyone should be good at casting these powers, and then the good ones should be more better, rather than you have to be this yeah. good to cast. Yeah. So I actually would have preferred if they made the powers worse on very low cast values. That said, you get bonuses to them if exactly. they cast on a certain value. So um, Boon of Change does that, and like S Infernal Gateway does as well. But it's just like a a smite thing where it does more damage if you roll a you know more than an eleven, right? So. Um, this discipline's really good. Infernal Gateway is great. Bolt of Change is probably the best smite power in the game, in my it opinion. Is. It really is. It's um, fantastic. Uh, look, um, the Flickering Flames, again, was very good in the Flame and Meta. It's much worse now. Again, it's kind of okay if you play the Mono Zen Charmy. You probably want that in there as well. Gaze of Faith is really good. The problem is you often don't have a caster to hold it, and we'll talk about that again. Like, you know, you you need to basically buy an 80-point change caster to cast Gaze of Fate, Mm -hmm. um, who then is doing nothing else for your army, and that feels pretty bad. You can't really put on a lot of change. A lot of change needs to have the two smites plus uh, Boon of Chaos to make himself tough to sace. Um, It's pretty much mandatory that you go that way. The Fate Skimmer only gets two powers, which will always be Smite. So you need to take an, an extra 80-point character minimum, like the cheapest one is 80 points, to have access to Gaze of Fate to retain Warp Storm Dice. So yeah. while the power is good, the problem is you don't really have someone to hold that power in your army. Pretty much my thoughts too. I think, but I, I am totally in agreement with you. I don't uh, I don't love Boon, but every, all the other five powers I think are legit great powers um, yeah so Bo- boone's very good in a lot of change who has plus two to cast to reliably get the toughness yeah um again i i was paying one cp to use that uh in lots of matchups at lvo again it was a different meta but t8 lord of change with minus one's wound into tau huge. Uh, was absolutely obnoxious for the tower yeah. player um yep so like there are certain certain places where that's really good um, so moving on to the Warlord traits, mate, we do have minus, we have one plus one, add one to Psyche tests. We have minus one to wound here as well, I believe. Yeah. Minus one to wound is the only one you will ever take. Um, yeah. again, if you could have multiple Warlord traits, then you would have fractal mind on something, which is the cast one, do an action. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden you would have a fate, a flex master that would do warp ritual and also, you know, uh, Gaze of Fate, there you go. There's yeah. your Gaze of Fate caster. Yeah. But you can't have two Warlord traits because we're not Space Marines, apparently. Um, <laughs> so uh, you will only ever take the minus one to wound on a big guy. Correct. I mean, when this first came out, I was like, oh, yeah, you have just one that just gives you Locust. That's hard to come by. And then I looked in, like, minus one to wound, never not never not gonna. Just, yeah, Warp Locust is also pretty average for Sench as well. It, exactly like, what right. stuff are you trying to get in close? Well, like, some Screamers, they're awful. Like, when Flamers were a little <laughs> bit more limited, um, and, you know, they they you just, when Flamers were, were the world ender, I was like, yeah, cool, Deep Strike 18 Flamers on people, just table their whole army. But those days are somewhat gone. Um, yeah. Relics of Zinch, mate, give us the TLDR. Impossible robe. Uh, ignore one. Oh, sorry. Make one wound per phase, zero damage. Uh, again, mm-hmm. very, very good on a tanky Lord of Change. Um, there is the Soul Eater staff. That was kind of cool. Like, that was what I was playing when the book first came out. Took me about four games to realize it's not good, okay. um, which was kind of sad. <laughs> it just doesn't really like meaningfully impact the game. 
Um, the other interesting one is the Endless Grimoire. Um, but again, you need a caster to hold that. And basically that gives you an action where you can just learn a new power every turn. Um, the big downside to that is just that, again, you need a caster to hold that relic to be able to do that. So yeah. I played around with that on a, on a Flux Master, I think, for a while. I just decided it wasn't worth the, worth the CP. Fair enough. All right, onto the data sheets. Um, I, I have played against Cairo's Fate Weaver recently. To uh, everyone's a great chagrin, but Nick had a lovely time using him. He actually made him look pretty good, but I'm still of the opinion he's pretty bad compared to how good you can make a Lord of Change. If the Lord of Change was less good, maybe Kairos gets a look in, but uh, the Lord of Change is just so much better. Look, Nick and I spent many an evening arguing about this before LVO, and he just said on the day of list sub, "Nah, I'm going." <laughs> and I said, I'm going, what a change. I guess we'll see who does better. And look, you knocked him I beat out. him round seven. <laughs> you knocked him I beat out. him round seven. And that's all I'm going to say. Lock supreme. Um, Undeniable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, I don't think the Lord of Change in this meta is very good at all. I don't think either of them are very good right now. Uh, I do think that Fate Weaver might be arguably better only because you really want your warlord trait on your bloodthirster right now just with what's in the what's in the meta um that being said i wouldn't run either of them right now i think pre-lvo the lord of change was slightly better um it was definitely very close again nick and i spent a long time talking about this and normally when two good players spend several hours discussing something and they don't come to the same agreement uh it normally means there's you know there's stuff going for both sides right Mm. so um Fate Weaver is a good data sheet. Like, I'm not going to say that he's bad. He's he's a good data sheet, um, but so is Lord of Change. Agreed. What are the good data sheets here? Yeah. So, um, again, I think the all the heralds are actually good data sheets. However, you only get four HQs, <laughs> um, and you got to be really sparing with how you use these. So. Right now, I run the Fate Skimmer in all of my lists. It's a budget Lord of Change. Um, that's the guy on the Chariot, right? That's right. It's the Chariot Herald. Um, so he just basically, the only reason why you take him is because he gets plus one to cast mm-hmm. uh, through the Retinue of Horrors. The other Heralds are all fine. Um, however, I think the Fate Skimmer, just because the plus one to cast is the best one. And right now, I don't like running three big guys. That's so um, I think all of the Heralds are viable in the right build. Um but I think that the Fate Skimmer and the two Grand Demons are the best ones in the HQ slot. Yep. Um, running down the rest of them, the only other unit that's any good is Pink Horrors. Um, I guess Flamers are... Flamers are okay. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Pink Horrors first. Pink Horrors are busted in this meta. I think the three plus busted. save I, and I think auto they are, splitting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How can G-Dub continue to F up uh, Spore Mines and Horrors every edition? Every edition. I don't know, man, but no one else plays them. No one else plays them, so they can't be that good. It's it's crazy. Anyway, tell us about horrors. Look, just the free split, the three plus save from shooting, and the fact that you can heal models with the five warp storm dice, reality, blinks, whatever it's called, just means they're great. So I just have them sit in objectives and do actions and chill, and no one ever shoots mm-hmm. them because it's an awful time shooting them, um, and they live. So they're great for that. <laughs> they're just very yeah. good. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned few- earlier, I got a video on three horrors. You can go check it out. It's great. They're um, one of the very few so, things in the game of 40k that will survive in the open uh, from shooting. Um, so mostly because fun, it's, fun fact, it's, Adam, it's a bad idea to shoot them unless you can just overwhelm them. Sorry, go. Fun, yeah, fun fact: I rolled out someone. I think it was someone from Uprising's army guard army, excluding the six mortals from a Kaskin unit. The entire guard army could not kill ten pink cards. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. But then, like two rough riders. Pff, 
just pops like almost pops a unit. It's it's such yeah, a it's, dispa- it's, not, it's such it's a disparity. Right but it's such a yeah, disparity. It's... Like I would so much. I would just much rather than bring these two things closer together, or just find some way to make split not absurd. But either way, I'm happy they've got summon uh, flamers and exalted flamers can almost be talked at as one. Um, you only ever see exalted flamers in the mono zinch build. I don't hate them in those builds because I feel like they're necessary. Uh, I do still like flamers though. I think flamers are fine. They're just not the uh, oops eighteen anymore. Yeah, so flamers you don't take for damage anymore. Flamers you take to move twelve inches and put banners up. Yeah. It's really what they're yeah. there for. And, and, um, and clear screens, yeah. so you get you actually get relevant deep strikes. They still yeah, clear screens fine. Bit- the shooting's okay. Like, I, I actually think if I play another, like, big competitive ninth edition event, I'm not sure if I've actually got any that I'm going to, but if I play any other big competitive ninth edition event, I'll probably actually run 10 just because GSC is the hardest matchup in the game and they're correct. quite good in the GSC. Absolutely um, correct. But yep. I think Flamers are very average. They are action bots with good saves at the moment. Um, Exalted Flamers are just bad and... The problem, the big, the big problem is that it gives your opponent, especially in the Mono's Inch world, like 20 points for Assassinate to go after. Yeah. It's yep. just like, it's awful that you can just get into this, you know, five wound dude with a six plus save and score three points for killing him. Mm. Like, great. And it has to be within 12 to shoot the good flamer anyway. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just not, it's, it's not it for me. I, I, I understand why they're in there. Um, but, it's a, it's a no from me. All right. Uh, that, give us your thoughts on the Zinch book overall, and then we'll move on. Well, Flamers were broken until they're not, and now <laughs> it's pretty Now it's pretty good as well. Again, I think good. that every good balanced demon army wants some stuff from the Zinch portion of the book, mm-hmm. so it's it's in a good spot. I think it, I think it's pretty pretty good. Now we're on to the worst of them, which is the Nurgle book, which I know very little about because <laughs> nothing good has come from this book so far, this edition. The, you know, do you know anything about the Exalted Abilities? I don't, man. So let's let's learn. Okay. Uh, we have a minus one damage. Lovely. We have his visage uh, within six minus one leadership. Ooh, joy. And we also have, uh, if you're on the battlefield, you can retain two warp storm charges. So you can just choose to retain two. Uh, like, why isn't... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> if anyone should have had the face cap, it, <laughs> it would have been, in my <laughs> mind... To be... To be fair, you're not wrong there. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone should have had the phase cap, if any greater demon needed a phase cap, the slow ass, massive, unwieldy, great unclean one, but all those suck. Yeah, the, yeah. none of those are particularly they good. They all suck and they go on a data sheet that's not very good as well. Exactly right. Um, let's look at the stratagems. Do you know anything about any of these? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, there's. I, look, like, the, I like the personal the- inspiration one. I don't know what they're called. The one that lets you know any power from the that's, Zen, from the exactly Noble that. Discipline is, is kind of cool. Yeah. You know every power now for that turn. Congrats. Pretty cool, yeah. actually. There's also one that lets beasts do a no fallback on a 4+, plus, but then you mm-hmm. have to take beasts, which, again, is a problem. Um, but that is probably the best one, I think, of the lot, is the no fallback from beasts on a 4+. Plus. <laughs> yep. yep. And then, I mean, you have... Um Transhuman offer Plague Bearers exclusively. Plague Bearers are Toughness 5 now, so that is vastly reduced in efficacy. And if it's um, yep. a pet's cues off power rating, so if you're 12 or more power rating, it's 2 CP. I have no idea how many <laughs> Plague Marines that is. So, uh, Plague Bearers, and I yeah, don't I, really care. I would assume, yeah, I would assume that's for big units of Plague Drones. Uh, I could, of course, because you could use them Plague, your Plague Bearers are the keyword to Plague Drones as well. Good catch. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, you have the Plague Banner for 1 CP to do mortals on sixes to hit. 
uh, max of six mortal wounds. You just don't have enough attacks to Maybe get six mortal wounds. Maybe you do Scarborough with that, mate. Oh, yeah, boy. Then now you're talking. High level <laughs> synergy. Uh, but yeah, none of these, none of these are anything to uh, write home to, write home about. Um, warp rock discipline, mate. Um, I think there's a good one. There's um, one good I think one. There's one that's like minus one toughness. Uh, so there is definitely that one. The one I was thinking of was actually turn off obsec, and you can't do actions. Um, Isn't that like warp, warp charge eight? It is. Oh shit! It is. I didn't see that. I thought. Yeah. This, oh yeah. What? No, oh, it's, like eight or, it's like eight or something. It, it is eight, and never have yeah. you been heard of. Yikes! Yeah. Um, fleshy abundance plus one toughness, and I think Nogal's rot was the. Oh, that's a toughness test one, or you take D three mortal wounds, and yeah, if it's double one that does mortals. Yeah. Virulent yeah. um, blessing plus one damage with melee weapons. Nah. Still not good enough. Whatever. Moving on. Sure. On, on what? Like, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like on what? <laughs> what? Yeah. What unit is getting is good out of this? Uh, the warlord traits uh, plus two wounds. Oh joy! Uh, while she's within six of this warlord, uh, minus one to the hit roll and can't perform actions. Only within six. Please make that twelve. Uh, anything else here? The the relic is quite good. The demon weapon is quite good. Uh, so the, the, the issue yeah. the issue is for the demon weapon to be good, you need a warlord trait. Okay. Um, which means you're not taking a greater demon because if you have any greater demons in your army, you can't give anything else a warlord trait. So there is a demon prince with a warlord trait and a relic that is quite good. Yeah, However, it means you can't have the Lord of mm-hmm. Change or Scarbrand or a Bloodthirster. But that combo is the virulent touch, which is you just every time you hit, you auto wound, and then you have the weapon. Yeah, which um, that's correct. Yes. It, it, yeah, and that guy, that guy is terrifying. He's a yeah. monster. Uh, here's your. I, I, I walked up and I got to roll dice. Abaddon is dead. See you later, mate. Take him off the table. Yeah, it's actually kind that's of sick. Right. Uh, apart from that, I don't know of any of the other ones, and I think that's. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's it's it gets bleak here for a minute. Yeah, the, I mean, there's some cool stuff here that, that should be good, like Endless Gift at the start of your command phase. The bear regains <laughs> a number of lost wounds equal to the battle round. So that I mean that that could that could have been really cool in another game where your great and clean one didn't just auto explode top of turn one because you went second. Uh, yeah, well, he, in theory, he's in deep strike, right? But the 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 issue is, and I said we'll get to this in a sec, is just the data sheets are just not good. That's and correct. giving warlord traits and relics to bad data sheets doesn't make so the data sheet. Good. This is the thing, right, about this book, which we were, I was probably going to get to at the end, but it came up now. This book is just data sheets. Essentially, and everything else is just nice things to have. Apart from apart from literally the bloodthirster, everything else is just: is this a good data sheet? Yes or no? Yeah, I I think that the the demon mechanics actually like manifestation and demonic terror. Uh, I think they're a very big part of it. But I think like you know, other than building your monsters with warlord traits and relics, like the stratagems are you know. They don't do a whole lot. It is data sheets and army mechanics, I think. Okay. Um, I will make a case for one data sheet. I don't hate Plague Bearers anymore. Okay, well, they're I, bad. I uh, and a, Nick I has poisoned you, and you're has, wrong. Um, he has. I have some respect no, for them. So, they, they are not expensive. They're tough as five with T-wounds. That's, 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 yep. that's all I've got, actually. They are <laughs> worse than Pink Horrors at everything, and mm-hmm. they give more no prisoners points. Except if it's a melee matter. Then they're better than pink arrows if it's a melee matter. Protect them. 
with your pink horrors with the, the other thing things is, that'll die. The thing, the thing is that Plague Bearers still have a five plus saving combat, which means when they get charged, they still die. They Even do. though they're toughness five, if they get charged, they still die with a five plus save. Um, you made a case for Beasts of Nurgle early in the edition. Well, so early when this book came out. I remember playing you when you had many of them, and we found out that they just ain't it. But I've seen other people make them feel okay. I think, but they, I think they're mostly in like uh, Disciples of Bellacore when you can give them four rolls to hit, and then they just pop off and do like freaking 12 mortal wounds and crap. Yeah, yeah. That, it's kind of funny, but it's not good. Again, I, I, I was playing around with that. I think. Um I think my justification was I wanted stuff that could stand on two objectives and yeah. not get shot off in the turn, but the beasts kind of still do get shot off. Even if they don't all die, they you, know, you lose two and then the one isn't doing anything for the rest mm. of the game, whereas that unit's 210 points, pink horrors are 140, and they're far more durable. It, that's so, it's so true and silly that they're so much more durable. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, really big – so the biggest – every, every – big huge miss in this book is exclusively in the Nurgle section their data sheets are worse their their warlord traits are worse Every, everything is worse for them than others there's no build around there's no glue there is no big overarching synergy in here to make it all stick together and it's really apparent and is it a it is a huge shame for the the chaos demon players i believe yeah uh look nurglings are okay just for what it's worth. <laughs> it's no, the smallest possible are, bone thrown. No, no, no glings are genuinely okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got the Slanesh book, mate. This is an interesting one because I think there's a lot of good stuff in here, but the fact is that all the good stuff in here is worse than the good stuff in the corn book, and so you just don't come here. Oh, oh you're about to be so wrong. <laughs> all right, let's go. Um, Exalted Keepers of Secrets. You have minus one to wound from range, which I think is quite Very good. good. Very good. Yep. Um, uh, exploding sixes and plus two to advance and charge rolls. Obviously, it's a minus one to wound. Um, yeah, Panoply is the good one, yes. it's uh, Honestly, it's like on the podium for, for, for best Exalted abilities. Yeah, the, the issue is that it goes on a Keeper and not exactly. a Bloodthirster, which is the, the big problem there. But yeah, it's, it, Panoply is very good. That, that um, was literally made it into the first demon list I played this edition because mm -hmm. it was obviously good. Um, yeah, do right. Do right. All right. Uh, so let's just strats, mate. Tell us the tale. Um, ooh, what do we got? So... Uh, on the whole, the Slanesh strats are bad. However... Demonets are broken, and mm -hmm. the strats that affect demonets are busted. So, on the whole, these aren't very good. But if you pack forty demonets into your army, <laughs> all of a sudden they're amazing, uh, right? This is yeah. Straight up. So, I rate none of them unless you're using them on demonets. Um, so, we've got the great enemy, which is the reroll hits and wounds against Eldar. Uh, obviously, very situational, but it's very good. Um, you know, when you play Eldar, mm -hmm. um, they're going to do it to you, so you better do it to them as well. Um, checks out. You're right. Um, and then we've got the uh, the demonet strat. So the first one is extra AP on sixes to wound. Uh, awesome. This isn't great. I think however, there are certain yeah there are certain situations where it's actually pretty good. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get to data sheets. Um, the big one here is one CP reroll all hits for a demonet unit. This works on demonets and sixes. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, incredibly good. Uh, strat and when we get psychic powers i'll tell you why this is even better again in a sec um but very good strat and probably the most broken thing in the book in my opinion is the plus three piloting uh pilot and consolidate so you get so pilot and consolidate 12 inches um, ah. so many people don't really understand how important this is i played um i rocked up to 
the down under GT, the hundred-ish player major in Madawi uh, six weeks ago, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and I rock up and I'm playing the most meta, you know, busted guard list round one. Um, and he puts his sentinels out in front of his army. He says, you can't deep strike. And I'm like, cool. And I proceed to charge unit of demonettes out from my building every turn for the first three turns, popping the pile in console six and giving him zero primary mm-hmm. for the first three turns of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just go stand in the right place. Insane. So completely busted strat that one. Um, those are, those are the key ones there. There's one that like makes people negative to cast or perils on a thing. Dude, which I, is have kind to, of funny. I have to say, I have to say having played like demons about 10 times in the art of Warhouse as gray knights, this was the most, Busted crap imaginable. It was so yeah. frustrating, man. Be like, I'm paying all these points to be a psychic army, and for one CP, your army is not a psychic army because you are you are smiting on a seven. Your first smite is a seven, son. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> the, obviously, the the thing about this uh, is you can just walk away from the unit. Like you do know it's coming. Yeah, um, it's true. But, but the, when you play somebody who has fifteen, you know, three units of five, and then they're all in mid board, and then they're all at you, and then they just turn on the one that you couldn't, you know, move away from, or that the one that's going to hurt them the most or hurt you the least. It's just for that one or two turns of the game, it's one CP is just premium. But of course, it's matchup dependent. It's going to be it's going to be absolutely busted yeah. when it is, and then you're never going to never going to know what's there when it's not. So this like this also yeah, it, it's it's kind of cool. It gives you some you know. Some control over like psychic secondaries and stuff as well, but like mm. it's the strats go on demonettes, new demonettes go brr, and you win yeah. the game. That's kind of how this goes at the moment. Fair, but overall, I think it is not a bad set of strats, uh, but it doesn't set me on fire either. The soul stain discipline, I mean, delightful agonies lives here, which is extremely good. Five plus in yeah. uh, film is it? pain. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. Is it? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. What do you put it on? It's fiends. It doesn't. It, it, you don't bother on demonettes. But if you are taking any oh. number of fiends, this on five fiends essentially becomes a six or possibly even a seventh pseudo fiend in the squad. But you shouldn't run five fiends. That's the thing is you can't hide five fiends. Like the the good number of fiends in general, I think is three. Like there's some arguments to be made to having one unit of five, but then you've got to ask who is casting these powers because when we get to the HQs, there's a reason you only you only get one power. Really, well, the, um, the harp chick is a locust, right? Yep, she's not a caster. Oh, she isn't. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, so Hysterical Frenzy is also here, which is plus one attack. Hysterical Frenzy is the S plus tier yeah. um, power here. It's very good. And then there's a couple of Mortal Wound powers that are okay as well. Issue is you need to run multiple Slanesh Psychers. Uh, again, a bit of a problem when HQ slots are pretty limited. Hmm. Um, so the Slanesh Smites are actually quite good. Uh, You're actually good, yeah. Hysterical frenzy exists, and you would always have that over the other ones. Correct. I mean, Cacophonic Choir is quite good. Symphony's not bad. Pervain's good. Phantasmagoria. Yeah. They're all actually good. Funnily enough, yeah. there's more mortal wounds to be had here than there is in the Zinch tree. It's actually quite hilarious. Less, less reliably, though. Exactly right. Yeah. You don't have the caster to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. But overall, literally, it has two amazing powers in my example. And yeah, I think I think there's a very good tree. Uh, what do you make of the Waller yeah. traits? Uh, nothing's good. <laughs> I was hoping no, it, it is. The war traits and relics here, uh, they're, they're all bad. I was hoping you had one, because I don't know any of these, because I have never no, played no, against any of these. All right, moving on to the relics. Anything here? No. Yeah. 
I don't know any of these either. Uh, finally, it's funny that like how far the Forbidden Gen has fallen from being like the most trolly, amazing. You yeah, must be this good at the game to be demons kind of effect. Yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah, it's it's sad. I wish it was still good, but mm. alas, it is not. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of these are good. Uh, even the even the uh, plus one attack demon prince sword isn't that great in this one. Um, yeah, yeah, um, none, none, yeah, none of yeah, none of them are good. It's it's unfortunate, but again, here herein is the problem. Any combat character you make here has to be better than the feel no pain demon weapon bloodthirster. <laughs> and if it's right. not, you can, if it's not, you can't <laughs> waste your warlord trait here. That's the yeah. problem. And when we get to the Lord of the Keeper of Secrets, which we're about to get to, you'll see that pretty fr- it's pretty freaking good. Pretty freaking it's, good. It yeah. does not fly it, and can't be face capped is essentially yeah. the issue. Yeah, it d- does not fly is the problem. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I mean it, it becomes like a knife that d- can die. Yeah, it moves, it moves freaking sixteen inches though, which is so good, but does not does, fly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't move sixteen inches if your opponent pregame moves five infiltrators in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about the rest of the data sheets, mate. Anything good here? Apart from you've we've gushed on DMNS enough, I think. Anything else good here? Yeah. So so the the keeper and Shalaxi are definitely okay. The problem is the better your opponent, the worse the unit is. Correct. Just because they get move blocked and it's not great. And then you're relying on deep strike charges. The um uh the the heralds themselves, the transweaver is incredible. The transweaver mm-hmm. is really good. I think the um, is busted. The, yeah. Cheapest cheapest psyker in the book for psychic secondaries. Um, gives out a plus one AP buff to mm-hmm. Demonets, which is uh, incredibly, like, incredibly good, um, and also uh, casts the power. So, like, does all the utility stuff for seven oh, points. Very, it's, very dude, good. It's, it, dude, it's it's a caster, a lieutenant, and gives out the yeah, it's nuts, and gives out yeah, the AP buff. Right. It's actually ridiculous for seventy points. There's um there's then all of the seeker chariots and exalted seeker chariots and characters on chariots. There's like seventeen versions of bloody chariots. They all suck. Um. They all suck. Uh, there is a weird meme list that has like 20 chariots in it uh, <laughs> and it all has a four plus string shooting and it's all got the hard to hit minus one to hit thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe it's kind of hard to kill. The problem is you get car parked and then you can't move well, and you don't actually hit hard enough to dig yourself out. Well, that's about to say, it doesn't, it might not die quickly, but it doesn't kill anything quickly. Are you a guardsman? No. Yeah. All right. It doesn't kill you quickly. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's like your opponent comes and parks nine scout sentinels in front of you and you spend six <laughs> turns trying to kill them. Yep. And um, yes, six turns. Like I, your opponent's I, turns too. I'm here to sell you, to tell you about our Lord and Savior, the Seeker. I like the Seeker because it's got a demonette on it. <laughs> That's pretty Adam, much... Adam, Adam, do you know what? <laughs> what? When you and I did the Chaos Demons Codex review when it came out, I said that I liked Seekers. Yep. And they were 20 points a model back then. Mm-hmm. And now they're 18 points a model and I don't like Seekers. <laughs> You're a madman. All right, why? Uh, they The fact that fiends and flesh hounds exist means that units that can't uh, walk through walls just are just not yeah. good. Yeah. Correct. So yeah, that's fair. Um, fiends, uh, sorry, Seekers were great, but now all the good players are packing 30-plus demonets in every army because demonets are just the most absurd thing, you know, when they're all juiced up um like they're just so good that you don't need seekers dude so, do, you know, do you know what demonettes are they're freaking cracking witches but good they're cracking no, they're witches man. but good cracking steel oh they're not no they're not because they don't move that fast they don't move that fast but they they feel like it when they hit you you're like geez this is 
what Kraken Steelers used to do. They're like, just blitz strength four attacks until you were dead. Um, yeah, ridiculous. I still yeah, like Seekers, I, a, but yeah. I, I can't get on board with big squads of them anymore. But I do like them for the same reason that I like little squads of Flamers now. They're just good turn one screen clear slash move block. Yeah, but every time you want those, you got to remember that three fiends cost the same as five seekers, and the fiends move faster if you're moving through a wall. That is true. If, if you have to go around anything, the fiends are just faster. Um, but maybe you yeah, got more correct. fast slots than than elite slots because you got yeah, it's good Mate, out there. And admittedly, there is a world where like a big unit of fiends, like, sorry, seekers, like a ten man unit of seekers coming out of deep strike is very good because of the an eight plus one charge. There's mm. you know, that's pretty cool too. All right, overall, Slanesh, mate, how do you feel about it? Uh, was bad, but now it's good. So after Arcs, <laughs> it got much better than it was. I had All I had in my LVO army was 20 demonets, and now I've got 30 or 40 and all the fiends. So I've played I, against, I think it, yeah. I've played against 80 recently. Like that, oh, yeah. it, it, that's, it felt, that's probably too many. It felt that's bad. probably too many. It, 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 it felt, <laughs> being on the other end of 80 was bad. It sucked. Anyway, uh, we yeah. have one more section of this book, which is the Book of the Warp, which has the Noctic Discipline in, which is um, exclusive to Bellacore. Anything good here? No. And anyone who disagrees with me is wrong. <laughs> um, Bellacore, Bellacore is a bad Oh, Bellacore is 400 and 420 <laughs> points for a dude with six attacks. I agree. I'm sorry, I do but not, it's not okay. I do not rate Bellacore. Um, when I play against him, he is a bit of a he's a bit of an asshole until I realize I can literally just ignore the dude. He only moves 12. Um, he's very ignorable. Uh, <laughs> uh, did he make combat with something that can transhume it? Uh, he's still ignorable. It's uh, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I, I wish he was better. He's too many points. Um, yeah, they should make him easier to kill and cheaper. That's exactly what I'd, what I'd prefer. I would prefer him to be like yeah, a yeah. The, the, the same ability to kill him as like a a great unclean one, but he's like eighty points cheaper. Man, Lord of Change with the start with the sword has more attacks than Bellagorda. It's so dumb, man. It's so dumb. Man, a beast of Nurgle has as many attacks as Bellacorda. It does. I mean, he's got a sweep for twelve, but it's only one damage. Yeah, one and... one damage, man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, Demon princes. Yeah, cool. They exist and they're there. Do you do you still like the soul grinders? I know there are some ne- people with weird ass uh, niche lists where they're like, "Lol, soul grinder, toughness nine, her her der." Uh, not really. Um, they were kind of funny. Not- Again, they're also like. Here's the thing: you can't say that um, that keepers of secrets are bad because you get move blocked when you want to play soul grinders. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because soul grinders move slow and also get move blocked, and they're even bigger, and they have to be on a base now, yeah. a giant. Yeah, it's like a two hundred mil base for it's WTC. Insanity. It's massive. But how do you feel about the Plague Hulk? Uh, I love it, but it's legended. That's what we, we call in the industry is a callback, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, to how, how many? That was like what twenty eighteen. I don't know, man. Like five years <laughs> it was ago. Funny, anyway, though. <laughs> uh, Disciples of Bellacore, uh, the Army of Renown. I could sum this up by saying the juice is not worth the squeeze because this is one of the hardest restrictioned armies of Renown we have ever seen, and the payoffs aren't even that big. Do you have anything redeeming to say about Disciples of Bellacore? So Disciples of Bellacore would be fine if you didn't need to take Bellacore. <laughs> Just like Vashdor's one. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence of seeing it. Yeah, thing. but Vashdor isn't 420 points. Blaze it. I do. I argue that Bellacor is better than Vashdor. You could argue that, I guess. Because <laughs> Vashdor is just so bad. 
Uh, yeah, but backstory doesn't mean you. I guess it does mean you can't take half the book. That is fair. No, look, there are there are some cool strats in there, and there is some cool stuff. But like, do you really want to not have a face cap bloodthirster? I think yeah. you kind of want to have a face cap bloodthirster. Well, so the the, the only argument of taking it to Cypher Bellicor is when you want to take Chaos Space Marines. There is no reason to do this as a mono mono demons army. That just feels so bad. Yeah, sure. It's 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 just not good. Like. It's just you can't take all of the stuff that you want to take. Mm. Like you're you're already restricted to one Warlord trait. Do you really want to waste that on Bellacore? Honestly, like, like just trying to unpack how this thing works. The first time I did this review, I literally glazed over twice. The amount of the amount. Of, I don't know how many words there are in this restrictions and benefits, and so many of the benefits are restrictions. Yeah, it's bizarre, <laughs> isn't it? It's so good. It's like, is it a benefit? Uh, <laughs> Uh, where is it? Uh, you have just access for I mean, you can generate psychic powers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wolf Storm abilities. If your detachment has any of the traits of Starry's faction keywords, such as detachment never counts as a legion detachment. You cannot use any legion specific stratagems, relics, war traits, or psychic powers. Uh, that is in the benefits category. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. You don't, you don't get rules. This is a benefit. Thank you, G Dub. Thank you. You know what, uh, mate? Uh, yeah. I, I, I've got a little secret for you. So I went to the GW factory where they make the rules and I asked who wrote the Demon Codex and they told me it was some pro- professional dude. Then I asked who wrote the rules for Disciples of Balakor and Patrick from SpongeBob walked out and was like, <laughs> yo, what's up? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, Disciples of Bellacor, uh trash. I have some, seen some people do some wild stuff with it. But they are few and far between, and soldier on you, brave, brave warriors who are making this thing work. It is just not yeah. worth it. Like, it's in, it's wow. inconsistent. Is it's so inconsistent. Like, like I guarantee you, if you get some of the best demon players in the world to go and write disciples of Elacor lists and all go to GTs next weekend, one of them is probably going to win a GT. It's true. Yeah, but it's not going to be consistent. It's not going to be like replicatable for everyone. There are just way better things to play. Mm. And on that note, we will talk about and start wrapping up this episode. So, we completely missed the whole thing we usually do at the start of every retrospective, which was first impressions. What was your first impressions of this book when you the first time you did a cover to cover, mate? Oh, I thought it was bad. I thought it was bad. We both thought it was terrible. And I'm happy to say we yeah. were wrong. There, but there is so many unnecessary... <laughs> There are so many unnecessary things missing from this compared to every other bit, every other book, that it was easy to think it was going to be bad, and then uh, we realised just how busted so much, so many of the data sheets are. Yeah, I think I thought it was Codex Flamers, and then I was going to stick Flamers in another army. Um, yep. I on, honestly, I think this is one of, if not the best Ninth Edition Codex. Um, really. I feel like the internal balance is really good with the exception of the Nurgle stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are still a lot of different things you can build You know, now. I feel like it's kept up with the meta. I feel like every time the meta has changed, we've been able to change slightly what's in the Demon Army and it's stayed competitive. It's never had a massively crushing win rate with the exception of Herder Flamers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like even now the kinds of builds people are playing now are much different to the ones I are playing sort of at the start of arcs and then pre-arcs. And I feel like it's kept up and has stayed competitive the whole time while also being really fun to play. Mm. So I actually think this is one of the best books that GW has done this edition. 
I, th- I genuinely think it's one of the better ones. I wouldn't say I'm not sure if it's one of the best ones, but I don't play that. I don't play it, so I'm not as enamored as you are. What I do love is that the best builds have had three gods in them, almost ubiquitously yeah. through, from from start to now, and from start from from the, for the whole life of this. It's probably going to only live for about a year. This book, probably actually less. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's going to be alive for about ten months. But um, yeah. it will have been three quarters of this book will have seen use, which is a lot more than we can say for so many other books that have existed. Like how much of the sisters book has been used? It has been Bloody Rose and then Valorous Heart at points. Like that that is that is like a two 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 sixths of that book or third, sorry. <laughs> Whereas three quarters of this one is getting use, and I think that is just a big testament to, in in your favor. Yeah, look, I, I just think it's fun to play. I, I feel mm. like it's an army that's really enjoyable to play. Uh, and even with different play styles, you know, again, going from shooting to being more combat-centric to having, well, like, elements that are random with things like Warp Storm to having, you know, stuff that, like, it, it's a really interactive army mm. in the way that, like, the leadership shenanigans works yeah. and things like well, that. it does something. I, I, I feel like, sorry, you go. It does something very beautiful that I think a lot of other ninth edition books have failed to do. So I'm I'm playing some guard at the moment, and I don't really need to get good at using the units in a guard army. I just need to get good at sequencing and making sure all my orders are correct, all my buffs and my layers are correct, and then the units just do what they do. And it's kind of yep. shit and boring. Demons have a very basic set of rules, like you know you don't have to read their abilities a million freaking times trying to get out the sequencing, like Admech, you know, trying to do all the bean counting and this one goes there, that one goes there, this is the order of operations, all this crap. You just get to use the units and the units yeah. do a bunch of awesome, fun stuff. And I think they've yeah. done that extremely well. Yeah, man, absolutely. And look, and that's why I think it is, you know, it is one of the better books. I, I feel like it's, you know, and it stayed relevant, but, you know, it still rewards faction mastery and it's got, you know, a lot of different ways to play. Like, again, there are completely viable, like, mono Slanesh builds that you're not going to win GTs with, but, like, you could build an army. If you wanted to play mono Slanesh, you could build an army and you could go four and one, three and two at a GT pretty reliably. Mate, I, but it would also feel like that mono Slanesh army. It would really play yeah, that way. And yeah. I think they've done that well with things like the Warp Storm. Like, the Zench army feels like it would play like a mono Zench army mm. should play as well. I'm not saying these are competitive, right? But I feel like they've they've done that very well with this book. I agree. Yeah, I don't think they're the ultra competitive mono god, but also I don't feel like they should be because the mono god is just really restrictive. You get to do these one or two things really well, and that's yeah. it. And that shouldn't that shouldn't be oppressive ever. Um, which is why I have yeah. some problems with the Zinch build. I think Horus just need a massive rework. Um, because they're just dumb. But anyway, on that note, we will wrap this up, man. So right now, what tier do you put demons in? I have them pretty solid in A tier. Um, in terms of what, in terms of how good the book was or in terms of how competitive they are? How competitive they are right now. Well, like GSC are S tier and everyone else is bad, right? Well, that's how this works. So I guess they're A tier. They're worse that's, than GSC. They're, that, yeah. I feel like they're better. Okay. I feel like I beat everything that isn't the busted GSC list in this army. <laughs> um, uh, so I feel like they are one tier below whatever GSC are. I put them kind of behind the, the best Space Marine builds and then not by much. Nah, and, Space, and Marines, Space Marines are no good. <laughs> I love that, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes, I want to live in that in that world with you. Um, but that is going to wrap us up for this episode. We're going to go over to part two, going to answer a bunch of listener questions, talk about why Matt hates the Zinch build, maybe unpack how to beat some demons if you're struggling with them. And if you want to get involved with these part twos, jump over to Patreon, Art of War Down Under. You can lay on your questions, your memes, your drivel, whatever you may please. And also you can have uh, a deciding say in the order of things which re- upon which get reviewed when the deluge does begin for 10th edition. So I hope to see you there. Matt, anything you'd like to plug before we tune out? No, I promise I'll tell you more than just play GSC if you have questions on how to beat demons. I'll give you some actual constructive advice that isn't um, just, you know, go and netlist whatever Eric Lutheris has netted for me because he's scared. Amazing. He, yeah, I do like, yeah, he's scared. He's right scared, right? Yeah, you got him. <laughs> anyway, take care, mate. We'll see you soon, guys. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40k. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.